Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig, and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find. I'm a self-improvement junkie, certified professional coach, podcast host, and public speaker. And I'm a wife and mom of four teenagers. I'm an expert at helping people use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. How do I do this? By helping you realize your gifts and use them as your superpowers. I love challenging people to think differently, see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week, I'll share my voice or bring forward another rare find voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with major life transitions such as getting married, getting divorced, changing jobs, or having kids. This podcast is for you if you want to feel more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, get out of your own way. If you're ready to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening because you are a rare find. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Rare Find Voices. I'm super excited. I have a special guest here today and his name is Michael Freeman. Michael is a Christian. He's a husband and a father of a little girl. He's a program manager in the health insurance industry for over 12 years. He's also an NASM certified personal trainer and health coach, and he's a student of health and wellness. He's finishing up a degree at Ashford University. Mike is based in Hartford, Connecticut. He's also the founder of Grind Over Matter and Grind Life Coaching, which I'm going to have him share a little bit more about that. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Robin, for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And it's really cool because I was recently on your podcast, which was such a great time. We had an awesome conversation. So I was really excited about having you come on my show and share some really great insights and tips and just sharing all the good things that you're doing out with the world. Yeah, it's, it's great, especially when you can connect online and with technology these days. I mean, you're you know, on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, and here we are having this conversation. So um, it's, just, it's just awesome how we can do that. I know, I know. So let me go ahead and I, I want to give you a moment before we jump into other stuff, because I do have a tendency to kind of just go on a tangent and start in, you know, just conversation. But I do want you to share a little bit with our listeners about um, your background and, and just what led you to where you are today. Sure. Um, so when I, when I, well, I started college in 2003, had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, and I stopped because I was spending a lot of money and I, I didn't know what my future was. I started majoring, majoring in economics and then it changed a couple of times. So I got out of that and started working full-time um, in entry-level job in insurance and then moved over into health insurance and been working in health insurance ever since uh, for now about 13 years and kind of moved up the ladder in my career and got into uh, project management about eight years ago and have uh, been a program manager now for about four or five years. And I think about six or seven years ago, I had realized, hmm, I don't want to do this forever. Uh, I, I, I have other interests, um, but I enjoy uh, working with other people. Um, I became a, a health and, and fitness enthusiast in that time period. And I started thinking about um, what I wanted to do next with my career. Uh, so I started getting into personal training and um, getting education around that. I started going back to school uh, a couple of years ago. And now I'm on this journey of wanting to develop as a personal trainer and health coach as, as best as possible so I can help people deter um, or retract um, chronic disease. And that's a huge passion of mine and, and working in the healthcare industry now for the 13 years that I mentioned, uh, you come across a lot of data uh, about where our country is going, where the world really, but um, from, a, from a domestic perspective in the United States, the decline of, 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 of health uh, with folks is, is really disturbing, whether you're talking about um, the obesity uh, crisis or chronic conditions associated with uh, heart disease and diabetes. 
um, I started thinking more about how I can get involved in a positive way in, in this movement and helping people to get better. Um, and being on the payer side uh, of, of healthcare and kind of seeing, you know, the perspective of paying claims and working with, with people who uh, have these conditions and working with their providers, et cetera, coming up with different programs and different uh, projects to, to help make the insurance industry better, uh, you start thinking from an individual perspective, how can I help people uniquely individually? And that's why I started um, Grind Life Coaching and Grind Over Matter. Um, really, my initial thought was um, trying to figure out exactly what is the key to why people change and get better. Um, and I realized it was a mentality thing first. So I started Grind Over Matter with the focus on the mentality, the mentality that you need to overcome challenges and, and uh, pursue extreme or complex goals. And for anyone who is struggling with a condition or is trying to prevent health conditions from um, manifesting in their bodies, they all know it's hard to do. It's hard to get up early in the mornings and go to the gym and eat right and do all these different things. It takes a, a, a certain level of discipline and it takes a strong mind to do that. So when I started Grind, Grind Over Matter, uh, it was really focused on uh, mentality coaching or um, how to help give people content information to help them build their mentalities. And then out of that, uh, Grind Life Coaching uh, was kind of the, the next, um, I guess, piece of it to, to grow and evolve from there to actually work specifically with, with folks online and in person too. Um, on making those necessary, you know, positive changes from, from a health and wellness perspective. So uh, that's my spiel. It was a pretty long one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just hope to, to help as many people as I can with the knowledge and, and information that I've been able to collect and continue to learn um, now. So Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm like frantically making notes here because you gave me like so much meat here to chew on. Like, I love that. And, you know, when you and I talked on your podcast, I mean, it was like, there was like all these like really amazing aha moments and stuff, because what you're talking about are so many of the things that I'm passionate about too. So, you know, when you get to meet somebody that has that same, you know, desire and passion to serve, but I wanted to point out a couple of things that you mentioned. First of all, the fact that when you were in college at you know this young age, you had such a high level of self-awareness to say, what I'm doing right now, I don't know if this is the way I want to go. So why am I going to continue to do this? And you put like a stop to it, like an intentional stop. And that's really significant because so many people, at least, you know, again, at a younger age where you're not really quite sure if it's okay, right? Would it be allowable for me give yourself permission to change and make such a shift and and do something because you think it's what you're supposed to do right so that was really amazing that you were able to say that and say look i'm going to go this path for a while and trust and and have the faith that it's going to evolve into something more in the line that you want to do it's like you just kind of it sounds like you just knew that and it, it was very scary uh, because especially in, for my generation, I mean, we've always been taught you go to college, you finish college, you get a good job, and you felt like a failure if you if you didn't go to college or if you didn't finish or whatever the situation is. And, you know, I'm a huge advocate of education, higher education. I, I think people should go to school. Uh, but when you don't know your purpose or you don't know why you're there or you don't know exactly uh, what it is you're working towards, it could be a waste of time and money. And I felt like at that time, I needed to find myself in the working world first to kind of light that fire. And everyone has a different path. Um, but for me, that at that time, that was something that I felt that I needed to do for me. And I, I don't regret it at all because I learned so much from that fear of, okay, now what do I do to, you know, getting, getting a job and, and working hard and, and you know, moving, moving up the corporate ladder, I guess you can say, even without that degree, um, and just keep continuing to believe that I could do something better. And 
Um, and that's where uh, the ideas and the passion of what I wanted to do started to give birth. For other people, it happens when they're younger, but for me, it didn't happen till I was, you know, well into my twenties. So yeah. it worked out. Yeah, and and again, I mean, that's still, you know, I, I I talk to so many people now that even you know at a, you know, in their thirties or in their forties, where they get to a place where they're like. I'm not sure why I'm still doing this, or I'm not sure why I'm still living where I am, or I'm not sure why I'm still in this relationship, you know? And it's like, those questions come up and it, it is fear that holds people back from making a change when they know something just isn't in alignment. And so exploring that and having the courage to explore that and then change, even if you know, maybe there'll be judgment, maybe there'll be your own self judgment, but you know, removing that, as the reason why not and, and stepping into it, you know, I mean, I shifted careers in my forties, you know, <laughs> and, um, but, but, you know, you said you, you had a spark. And so I wanted to share, cause I, I also really love what the mission of grind over matter is. Um, you have this, you know, on your website, which is helping people regain balance in their lives to increase productivity and improve overall health. Mm-hmm. And to kind of expand on that, what you shared was like, you see this as being something that's so critical in all areas of your life. Like this is so interconnected. It's really, you know, you've seen both sides, which is incredible to have that perspective. So now being able to say on one side of the coin, you're doing something to serve people right within the healthcare industry. But then on the other side, your, your interest in health and wellness and why you do that is, is so much bigger. Like, energetically because I do a lot with like core energy and why people do something to make a powerful impact that's like there's seven levels that's like a a level six level seven right so it's it's really exciting so I'm curious like you talked about how you you know kind of were pursuing something as you grow up but like was this something that even when like you were young did you have a pull to like do this kind of work or was there something else that you're like when I grow up, I want to do whatever. Yeah, I think originally for me, um, I wanted to just grow in corporate America and move up the ladder and go up the, the different levels, you know, from whether it's director to executive director. I, I had that kind of thought initially, um, and it was more focused on money, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm... <laughs> I don't want to judge anyone um, who works in a corporate environment because there's a lot of great things that are uh, happening there, depending on what industry you work in. Um, but it, it, it's kind of an environment sometimes that develops a passion for you personally. Well, how do I get better? How do I get a better score? How do I get a bigger bonus? How do I make more money? How do I get promoted? And the, the work that you're doing is almost like the step to get what you want versus it being the step to help someone else. And I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, but that is what started to materialize for me in my mind, thinking about myself. And I had to take a step back and started to think, well, how is this helping other people? And, um, and I really started to get into the mission statements and the goals and the strategies of the companies I've worked for because I really believed in them, but I didn't see how I connected to it um, one-on-one. So that's when I started to think about, well, what can I do personally outside of, you know, this environment that I'm in uh, to just help people? Um, And once I started developing a passion myself for taking care of my own health and taking care of my body and, you know, uh, taking into account my family history and, and some of the, the, the conditions and um, the disease that plagued my ancestors and, you know, uh, my grandparents and family members, I started to realize that I didn't want that for myself and I didn't want that for my future family. Um, so once I started taking better care of myself, I started to realize like, wow, I could help other people get better as well. And that's where the passion started. Yeah. And so there's this consistency of theme, right? But also it's, you know, you took it to that next level, like we call like a meta impact, right? So beyond just self, 
and expanding into how do you impact other people that then it's going to have that ripple effect and that global impact, you know, beyond you and even like, you know, a, a team like in a corporate environment, like how does it go bigger than just even in that um, office environment? And so, you know, it's not selfish at all. It, it's really just about seeing a bigger picture, you know, expanding a view, expanding a perspective that goes, you know, again, like bigger than yourself. And, and that's so exciting because really you are focused on what you can do, but you know that the impact has, you know, has so much more to grow. So um, I, I love that. And it's like, I'm thinking about this, like, it seems like within all of this work, right, as you're climbing the corporate ladder and building, you know, you're building a business to support the passions that you have on the side, there's a defining moment there. There's a defining moment when all of a sudden you realize what it is that you have inside of you as a gift to share that impacts other people. And so I would love to think about like for you, and I call these gifts, these qualities that we have our superpowers. You know, it's the thing that we carry with us and we can go from whatever job or business or thing that we choose to do, it's something that we use very powerfully. So if you think about that for yourself, can you share maybe a defining moment that you realized what that particular gift is and how you can use it? Well, I think for me, I would say, and it's still maturing, but I think my gift is simplifying very complex things um, to a broad audience. So I would say that, you know, I have a very uh, eclectic uh, experience growing up. I mean, I grew up uh, somewhat in the inner city and um, then also spent some time in different schooling with a diverse, you know, mix of people and moving out of the urban community and into the suburban community and working in corporate versus also volunteering, volunteering time uh, into the urban community as well and um, diff working with different cultures and it's just a uh, different language that people speak even though it's still English, right? Uh, different experiences, et cetera. And I just feel as though part of my gift is relating to pretty much anyone. Um, and then as well as just simplifying a very complex situation. So for example, the health and fitness industry can be extremely complex, right? There's so much information out there. The internet is saturated with tons of, you know, get fit quick schemes and uh, fad diets and, um, you know, medical advice. And uh, you could just type in symptoms and it can come up with a diagnosis for something. Not to say that that's what I want to get involved in as far as being a doctor or anything, but uh, there's just a lot of information out there. And I think what I have a gift of doing is simplifying it from a coaching standpoint in a way that makes it easier for the individual to kind of break up what they need um, as far as uh, breaking down a pathway to getting to where they need to get to. Um, and for me, it's simple. It's about productivity, right? We want to make sure you're as productive as possible. Um, whether that is, you know, in your church community or uh, in your, um, your professional career or within your family, it's hard to be productive when you're sick, when you're not feeling your best, when you don't have the best energy, um, when um, you, you're lugging extra weight, it's that extra burden that you carry. I mean, there's so many different things um, within dealing with health problems that can lead to less productivity. So my coaching model is all about helping people get to a point where they're more productive. And that really starts with a phase or a stage or a step that I think a lot of health coaches and fitness professionals completely miss today. And that's decluttering. We build up so much crap in our lives. That could be, you know, actual things, actual crap. <laughs> you know, um, stuff that you don't need, that you don't use, that is building up in your drawers and your closets and your basements. That's all energy that's weighing, uh, whether it's toxic relationships with friends or, or maybe even family. Um, it could be spiritual if you're a spiritual person, if there's baggage of traumas and things from your past that may have occurred. Um, and it's 
trying to figure out a way to remove as much of this as possible in that first step so that you could start with a clean slate. So usually when you go to a trainer or a coach, the first thing is, well, what is your goal? You know, I want to lose weight or, you know, I want to be more fit and they start working out a plan, but you didn't do clutter. So now you're trying to add a new plan um, or change of lifestyle where you still have all this baggage from your past and, you know, in your space, in your environment, and you don't have flow. And when you don't have flow in your life, it's really hard to make a change. So even though you may have started going to the gym for a few weeks, you may have lost a few pounds, you may have changed your diet, as soon as a trauma happens in your life or as soon as an unexpected thing pops up, which it's bound to happen for most of us, the, the first thing that goes away is that lifestyle change that you just started to try to make. And this is why people tend to quit. So I think part of my gift is recognizing and seeing those patterns that pop up in life and figuring out solutions that are simple and simplistic and concise and clear that people can follow so that they can actually not just make the change to start for a few months or a few weeks, but for it to actually stick to the point where now you're a health and wellness advocate, maybe not in a sense of coaching, but of just embracing the lifestyle, living it, and maybe even sharing it with others. So that's my, my goal. It's all about productivity. And it starts with decluttering and then changing, making the lifestyle change and, and, and sustaining it long-term. Yes, yes, is all I have to say. <laughs> so, so true. And, and, you know, and it's like, it's so amazing to hear you talk about that because it's not that it, that idea doesn't necessarily exist, right? Like, I mean, the idea is there that consistency and productivity and all that leads to better results. But like you said, for you, what you recognized was the fact that even though it's out there and people talk about it, they don't necessarily do it. And so for you to be a leader in that industry and say, this is where we're going to start because I believe so much that this is going to have the long-term impact that you desire. I know this to be true. And, and so you obviously practice that yourself. Um, but you know, there's, there's so much data out there, right. That, that points to the same idea, but it's not just in, you know, say your workout routine necessarily, it's about everything. And I love the declutter because I, it gives me a visual, right? Like I, I imagine myself, well, I just, just doing this last night, literally spring cleaning in my house, um, and trying to get rid of stuff. But even, you know, when I was, I was doing dating coaching for a while, it was like, the first thing we're going to do is declutter like your heart because we got to get rid of all the old crap. Like whatever's in that junk drawer of yours that's from past relationships, it might even be a physical representation like that picture of your boyfriend or the social media you're following. Like we're going to get rid of that first because it gives you that clean slate. You know, um, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, I don't know if you've read that. It's phenomenal. You will love it. Um, but he talks about the idea of like, you know, very big, broad stroke here um, about starting like from the inside out, right? If you focus on the thing that you want, the result, you're not going to change the habits. And it starts with changing the mind and the beliefs and the thoughts that you have. And so, and he goes further and he talks about how when we're trying to focus on something big, a big change, a big, something super important. It's not a habit yet, but we're trying to solve it. The neurological activity that we have in our brain is so much, it takes up so much activity that you, you can't focus on other things. So it creates like a traffic jam in your brain. Mm. So you said flow, which is similar to that as far as like, you know, you think about flow and the freeway, right? A traffic jam, literally, you're not going to go anywhere. Exactly. You're literally not going to go anywhere. You're going to get stuck. And so the more you can practice the consistency, putting things into more of an automated shift, but you've got to start with how you think about it first, mm -hmm. the smoother things will come. So when that you said like, when it's not, if it's when something else comes at you, you have like the ability to put your attention towards it and put your brain power towards it 
to find a solution. That's where your brain activity should go. The rest of it is like on autopilot. Exactly. And I have another example of flow too um, that I've found interesting, especially associated to nutrition, because I think for, for most people, if you're, if you have a habit of eating out a lot, maybe going to fast food restaurants, or maybe not even that, you're just cooking a certain way, or you're cooking with cer certain uh, materials or items or whatever it is, or you're cooking certain, uh, um, certain foods that may not be healthy that need to change. That's a huge shift in how you cook, what, you know, pots and pans you're using, are you using an air fryer or, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much change in your kitchen. Now, if you go into your kitchen and you don't know where things are, there's clutter everywhere, or your cabinets are not organized, your fridge is not organized down to where you can go right into it. You know exactly where to get the item you're looking for. You can pull it right back out and move to, you know, whatever part of the kitchen where you're going to actually prepare the meal. Um, all of that creates flow. And if you think about a situation where you have a kitchen that has a lot of mess and that's disorganized and you say, all right, you know, cook a healthy meal. Well, that's going to mean that you're probably going to buy whole foods. You're going to be doing some dicing and cutting and, uh, you know, maybe even uh, washing and, and putting the stuff in the pot and using certain oils, right? If you don't have uh, a clean, organized, detoxed environment, it disrupts your flow, which makes it frustrating. And when it gets frustrating, it's just another negative thing in your mind that you associate to this new lifestyle. And every time that happens and it continues to add up in your mind, then it's like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. It gets to a point where it's so frustrating, you're done. And that's all associated, in my opinion, to flow. And when you don't have flow, uh, it's disruptive. Even if, you know, if you're thinking about going to the gym at five or 6 a.m., if you don't have your clothes picked out, if you don't have, you know, your toothbrush, your toothpaste in the same place, uh, maybe even your coffee cup out or the oatmeal that you're going to eat or whatever it is, you're, you wake up scrambling so that you can then get to where you need to go. And you've caused some disruption mentally that you, you, you didn't need to make. So, if you could create flow where it's seamless and you know where everything is and everything's organized and every, all the declutter is removed, you're more likely to sustain a new habit uh, and create healthy disciplines. And I think that's so critical to uh, actually sustaining change. And a lot of our personal trainers, and I wouldn't say all health coaches, but a lot of health coaches that I've come across, they don't address that part of it they just simply start providing plans without actually dealing with some of the other things that actually helps you to maintain it going forward so i think flow is so mission critical to sustaining it um when you're making changes yeah a thousand percent because also when something isn't kind of you know working the way that you want it to it's the easiest thing to say as an excuse Oh, well, you know, I, I didn't have enough time. I didn't, my, my clothes were dirty. My workout clothes weren't clean or, you know, all of the things, oh, it's raining. So I don't have enough time to get to the gym before work or blah, 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 blah. So, you know, like you said, you can set yourself up, but it is a choice. It is a choice to say, this is so important to me. This has so much value right? I, I understand it and believe in the value associated. I'm going to work to put those things into place. And I, I love what you said. Like, it's about simple, like you provide simple things, but at the same time, they're not necessarily easy, right? So there's a difference between it being simple, it's possible, but also, yeah, it's going to take some dedication and it's going to take some work to do that. How important is it to you? Do you make that choice or is it easier to make an excuse? Right. You know? A lot we can learn from, uh, from a lot of military folks too, because I've rubbed shoulders with a lot of military um, veterans and the, the, the minimalistic mindset that they have to the things that they need and don't need and how that translates, particularly, you know, related to uh, health and wellness uh, habits, whether it's fitness and eating right. 
is is they they have such a simplistic lifestyle. It just makes it super easier to just get up at 4 a.m. and go for a run. I know where everything is. This is drilled into my head. I don't have all this clutter of these other things going on. I just do what I do and that's it. Is it hard? Heck yeah. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) But it's simple if you declutter, keep, you know, keep your environment clean and and organized so that you have the flow you need. Yeah. I want to continue to reinforce that with my kids, but I know it's as teenagers, they're just like, hell no, like that's not happening. And, And so, you know, trying to ingrain some of these ideas of how important is it to you? And yeah, it, you can do that, but are you going to love it at first? Probably not. But it's, you know, the mindset as you get older and start to understand what you truly want, it's, it, it changes. So, you know, I, I give them a little bit of grace when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, um, but I love that that's, that's something that you not only practice, but you also really help your clients understand how they can do that. And I'm sure at the end of the day, they're seeing the results at a much higher level of impact, the long-term sustainability that they truly do want. Cause nobody wants to do something that is kind of hard. And then just after, you know, a month or two months or three months be like, well, that didn't work. You know, exactly. I mean, yes, you can still reflect on it and say, well, what could I do differently? There's probably something there, but at the end of the day, it does create, like you said, that negative energy. And so that's a perfect transition because what I, what I wanted to chat about was this idea that, you know, there is energy when it comes to how you approach something, how you interact with other people. And, you know, in, in my world, we talk about it, you know, there's catabolic energy and anabolic energy. So the catabolic energy is the negative stuff. It's, you know, the negative thoughts. It's, it's the, you know, frustration, the victim mode, this, it's the heavy stuff that prevents us from wanting to do more things because it does weigh us down. And our perspective is, is limited, right? It's like looking down a tunnel, right? Super limited. Then as you start to open up your perspective, maybe think about what's possible, not what's not possible. And, you know, have more of a approach of, well, what, what could I do and how to help serve others? It becomes that anabolic energy, which is the positive stuff. It's lighter. It's more open. It allows you to see things bigger and it expands like a prism. And so I'm curious for your thought, like this really helps people shift perspective because we all have negative energy. We all have those times when we're just like, this sucks. And I can't see my way through this and I don't want to do something and this is going to be a block. And I just feel like crap. Um, But I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on like a time when you can recall, maybe you were looking at something from that negative perspective or feeling like it wasn't possible and you were able to shift that in a positive direction and like what might've caused that? Um. I don't have an example of something that is super uh, traumatic. I think I've had a lot of small uh, issues throughout my life that can build, Hmm. especially when you're thinking professionally um, and, you know, coming from where I come from, you know, I don't come from a family of, of, of wealth. It's low middle class family, or it's more so on the low side low-class family that, you know, worked hard, lived paycheck to paycheck. Um, And that's something I knew that I didn't want for myself and for my future family. And getting out of the mindset of the environment that I grew up in to then adopt something new that was more uh, on a, I guess, limitless uh, trajectory uh, was a challenge for me because anyone that grows up in an environment where there's a lot of uh, poverty, um, you'll, you'll start to feel this burden of, I have to be like everybody else within my environment. I have to think like them. I have to live like them. I have to take on the same jobs that they do. I have to think with the same limitations that they have. Oh, I can't go out and be a business owner. I can't go out and be a stockbroker or I can't go out and be a lawyer or 
whatever it is that is super hard or super complex to the average individual, there is this limitation or this limited uh, mentality that exists within that environment. And I think the challenge for me was figuring out how to break that and how to start thinking differently and, you know, realizing that, oh, I can uh, go out and, you know, make six figure income. I can go out and start a business or I can, you know, um, get married and, and not get divorced and have a beautiful family. Um, I, you know, I can inspire other people. I can change the world, right? And it starts with breaking out of that mindset of, you know, limitation and accepting that um, I can do anything I want. And it takes time. Um, and you have to uh, recognize the victories as you go through your journey and say, oh, I was able to do this and I was able to do that. And that, that did work out for me. For me, mentally, I don't really think a lot about negative things. Like when things go wrong, it's like, okay, what do I do next? I, I'm no longer in the victim mentality um, world. For me, it's when things go wrong, I'm just thinking about how do I solve it and move forward. And that's really challenging for a lot of people, uh, especially when they're sick. Because uh, to me, health and fitness and, and health and sound health and wellness practices help give you the mental clarity you need to realize the reality that you can do and overcome anything. And when you're sick, you get somewhat of a brain fog. I've I, I found that just an experience and I, I may not articulate this with the most scientific literature or you know, studies or anything specific to that, but just in my own experience, I found that there are a lot of people that you know either they maybe smoke cigarettes or you know they live maybe a negative lifestyle or they have some bad habits uh, maybe they don't eat the best foods so they have migraines or they're de dehydrated so they're a bit weak um, or they don't exercise so the blood flow is not happening they're not as nourished as they should be and it creates this uh, burden this this negative presence over themselves um, and I think that has a huge hindrance on their overall mentality. So as I started to make small changes in my 20s, um, not that I was terrible, but, you know, not eating out, eating whole foods, exercising regularly um, as a, you know, as a Christian, just praying, going to church, um, taking time to meditate, um, engaging with positive pe people and positive thinkers um, and trying to manage my finances in a positive way, which is always a struggle for many of us. As I started doing these things over time, my mentality started to change and my outlook on life started to change. And I started to realize like, wow, I really can do anything that I want. Um, so it was kind of a long answer to your question, but uh, how... I see overcoming for me was all about breaking out of that mentality of limitation and realizing that I'm limitless. And it, I'm still in the early stages of it. I'm not gonna pretend that I've reached the goals that I've set for myself and that I, you know, that I would like to reach, but I've just broken through, I feel, over the last several years. And, and I feel like the next stages for me and for my family is going to blossom into this amazing thing. And I'm excited about it. And I encourage anyone who's listening that if you take those small, subtle steps in those different key areas of your health, whether it's physical health, mental, your career health, or professional career, your financial health, um, your social health, et cetera, and, and decluttering your environment, you take those small steps that will help give you the mental clarity that you need. So now you could be super productive uh, and it starts with having the faith and belief that you can actually do whatever it is that you wanna do. So uh, that's my long-winded answer to, to that question. <laughs> no, and it's, and it's awesome. It's so awesome. And um, it goes back to one of the things I shared, I'm sure I did on the podcast, but I talk about this a lot when I go out and speak, but um, it's the idea that there's some research out there that we have over 50,000 thoughts per day, like each person. And 
80% of them are focused on what we don't want and 20% are focused on what we do. Like, and, and 95% of them are repetitive. So, okay, so if 80% are negative and 95% are, are, are repetitive, then that's a whole lot of negative repetitive thoughts all day long. And, but it's true, like I can see how that exists. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be only 20% positive during the day or have that mindset of positivity only 20%, but it's just, it's just so common, right? And so the, the fact that you're able to shift that, but it doesn't take a lot. It takes, you know, James Clear says it takes 1% compounding work in either direction. 1% of not improving can also lead you down a path of like a big negative shift, but 1% of compounding like interest, compounding work towards what you do want, you will see the benefit of that and it will be remarkable, but you got to give it some time and you have to be consistent in that and persistent in that. And so, you know, the connection of your thoughts to your feelings and the emotions that you have around it to then relate to an action is so extremely critical. And like you said, it goes back to a belief. And so for you, like, I love that you shared, you know, that for you, it's really about kind of breaking through what maybe could have existed as a belief for yourself for the long term because of, you know, where you grew up because of the people around you. But to be able to break that barrier and change the belief that, you know, you're good enough, that you do deserve it, that it's okay, right? Like, and so those are the things that do keep people stuck, whether it's a negative habit, like, habit, like you know, they're, say they're not eating well. Well, maybe the belief is that they don't deserve it, that they're not worth good quality food, you know, like there's so much there. And then, so getting to the root of that, and like you said, decluttering the mind and, and understanding yourself to the point where you say, I believe that I can change this and now I want to, and I'm going to completely shift the mindset that I have that I deserve it, I'm worth it, and I'm good enough. And by the way, this is going to be really awesome. And I'm stoked about it. Like you're like, you're still like, and I'm a work in progress. And this is awesome because I, get to do all of these amazing things in my life. I get to do that. So that's, that's just a fantastic step. And that's why I do believe so much in that energetic understanding of where you are. And if you're having that bad day and you're feeling like poor me, hopeless me, whatever, it's okay to be there, but then have the ability and the strength and the courage to say, but what do I want to do differently now? How am I going to shift this? So that tomorrow, maybe I don't feel as bad or my response to that stress is a lot faster. You know, get yourself out of that and bring yourself out of that negative energy. Sometimes it's just about learning how to do it for a shorter period of time <laughs> and, and like a rubber band, you know, yeah. bounce back or, or shift quicker. You can even think about it this way too. I, I had a recent conversation with uh, a, a clinical psychologist um, who specializes in, um, in um, kind of brain studying the brain and um, in the aging population is where she focuses on. And we were having a conversation about sh how stress essentially triggers the, f the fight or flight response in the mind. And when your fight or flight response tr is triggered, your body releases uh, glucose into the muscles because uh, it's expecting you to, uh, to get ready to move. And that glucose is used to create the energy for the muscles so that you can fight or flight, right? Um, but for a lot of us, we build that, we trigger the fight or flight, and then we sit down and we watch TV. Or, you know, and so you now have the negative thinking that's triggering additional stress from the stress you're already dealing with with just dealing with life life is hard as it is and you have the negative thinking compounding reacting with the fight or flight that's being triggered because of the stress creating the uh, triggering for the glucose to be produced in the muscles to then create what's called atp which is the source for energy for the muscles and then you're not 
actually exerting any energy. So it turns to fat. So now you're, you're hoarding fat. You're hoarding essentially fat as energy. You're hoarding this energy that was created because of fight or flight and stress. And not only now are you mentally compounding all this, these emotions associated to why you were stressed, but you're compounding fat at the same time. That's a lot of negative energy that then starts to weigh you down to the point where you don't believe that you can lose the weight or you don't believe that you can write that book or you don't believe that you can find another job or you know, do something different. It all compounds. And it's not just related to, to being overweight. That's just one example of how you know, negative thinking and uh, not exerting or uh, burning that energy that you build can cause you know uh burdens of stress later on in other ways and and negatively impacts your productivity um so again doing all of these different things and and you know uh, making changes within the health and wellness plan it would be huge for getting you to a position where you could start thinking limitless and that's my perspective on it and i just know that if if myself and everyone in this community that is coaching and working with people uh, really stresses these key points and, and finds uh, unique ways to instill this in people so that they can digest it and actually put it into action. I mean, we can change the world because now you have healthier, uh, more productive people thinking rationally, right? ignoring the lies that their mind is telling them that of the things that they can and cannot do and going out in the world, solving problems and doing things like that's the thing to me that is uh, that grows my passion in this kind of industry and this type of work. So um, I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of it just because of that. Yeah. Again, it's that meta impact, right? Like how is it going to actually like, have that major explosion within, you know, the community and beyond. And so, and I swear we could probably, we could do a whole nother show talking about nutrition and food and all of those things. Cause I love, love that stuff. It's a big part of my, my history and my life and what's changed me so much. Um, but it's funny because I, it's so powerful to hear you take something that is like, it's not a simple understanding, but it's a very clear understanding about the response, right? The scientific understanding of how the glucose, you know, goes into the muscles. And then you, like you said, you sit down and probably eat, right? As a stress response. And so the ripple impact on that too. I mean, yeah, totally guilty doing that as well, but driving the awareness of that and shifting a habit to maybe when you're stressed to exert it energetically in a physical way, you know, go for a run, go for a walk. Um, you know, I, not to share something vulnerable about my kids, but there was, I remember very significantly a time, my son who's almost 16, you know, was having a stress response to something going on and stuff. And I kind of left, left him for a few minutes and then came back and he was doing push-ups, like, like aggressive push-ups, like a lot of push-ups. And I was just like, whoa. And, and, but it was like, it was so exactly what he needed to do. And I was so like, I was so depressed by it. I was like, that is awesome. You know? And then it's my mom instinct was just like, keep doing that. You know, like that's such a good outlet for you. You know, like I was so excited and proud to see him doing that. But, um, I think again, understanding if our natural response is to want to sit down, you know, binge on Netflix, grab a bag of chips or whatever. I mean, it's, trying to shift that and say, well, what could I do differently? So I, I love that and said I could go on forever and ever talking about that. But um, I do want to ask you, okay, so you've got this, this, the work you're doing is so powerful. You've seen it change not only your life and impact other people. What does this look like for, you know, future Mike five, 10 years from now? What do you see yourself doing? Wow. Um... Well, I don't want to give give all the details of my ideas away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I do see a shift in uh, creating uh, a model of a shift in rethinking of how we think about gyms um, and uh, you know different 
health centers, um, shifting it towards it being a little bit more holistic in nature where there's um, more coaching and support for those who are just starting out. And I, I think the gym environment is really intimidating for a lot of people and it shouldn't be. Um, and then I think some of the other solutions that have been created are kind of limiting. So, you know, once you do realize I need to make a change, now you have to go find something else that's gonna challenge you a bit more. And what if there was uh, one place where you can go, whether you're a beginner or you're more advanced and you wanna grow, to create a community. And I think there needs to be more of a community around no matter what stage you're in and your health and fitness levels, uh, I think there should be more community so that folks who are starting out can feel comfortable and learn from those who are maybe a bit more advanced. And even those who are advanced can learn from those who are more of beginners because even that is perspective for growing and getting better and helping others that may be in their family or in their inner circles or networks. So I think five to 10 years from now, it's trying to create a solution that solves that problem of creating an environment that's more uh, holistic in nature and, and fitting for anyone, no matter what fitness level they are, and actually getting some attention on the things that are associated with real change and not brainwashing, not anything cult-like, <laughs> just an environment that's healthy, positive, um, and comfortable enough to walk through the door and, and get the support that you need. Now, ultimately, I use the word comfortable uh, lightly in that you have to be uncomfortable to change. So I don't want to make it seem like, hey, this is just a place where you come put your feet up. Um, you're going to be challenged in any kind of change that you try to make, but it should be comfortable enough to the point where uh, you, you feel okay to enter the space and to seek help. And I think right now, a lot of the solutions that exist today do not do that. And that's why I think it's over, I wanna say it's close to 50% of people who have gym memberships don't go. Um, and why 90 something percent of people who start out the new year with a re resolution of losing weight quit, right? There's, there's, some, there's something missing to what already exists that's not helping people get better. And instead of building more gyms and creating more franchises, maybe we should ask ourselves, what can we actually do to get people to adopt a lifestyle versus just building more gyms in an area? Because that's clearly not solving the problem. So yeah. That's some of the things that I'm thinking about for the future. Yeah. And, and I love that because it's, it's, it's really an evolution. You know, it doesn't need to be completely recreating the wheel, but it's looking at it and saying, why is this not running smoothly? You know, there's something creating a lot of bumps here. Or like you said, complete flat tires where people are just not moving towards or seeing the results that they want. Um, and so it's, it's so, it's so cool for, I love that you said, it's not like it's going to be super comfortable. It's not Mike's gym with the lazy boy chairs. So all sitting around like <laughs> everybody's getting fit, just hanging out. Like, no, that's not what it's going to be like. I love that. Um, but what I heard you say is, you know, it's got to be more approachable, you know, it's got to have an environment of resources and accessibility and opportunities and possibilities that don't make somebody feel like now I got to go do what? and talk to who and do that. Like it's, that's a whole nother barrier or excuse. And then um, more community, which is really about removing judgment, right? People that support other people, lift them up, hold them up and, and aren't afraid to say, you're doing that so well. And I want to, I want to do that too. How are you doing it? And not be afraid of, oh my gosh, they're better than me. It's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's, is it working for you? where you are and where you're at and what you want. And the judgment is removed from ourselves, but from the other people around us. And I can say that confidently as a female, like in a sport, you know, in weightlifting and stuff where it's a really hard place to be sometimes when all you're thinking about is, is it, am I doing this good enough? Am I fit enough? Am I too old? Like, it's just, there's so much of that. So 
I love your vision to remove those things and really just focus on the people, focus on the people that want to create change and help them get there. That's powerful stuff right there. Absolutely. You so, tell it for me because you articulated a little bit better than me. <laughs> no, we can, you know, let's keep talking. Like we got this whole collaboration. It's gonna be like East coast, West coast, you know? Um, no, I, I love that. And, uh, and I believe in the approach that you have. So definitely tap me when it comes to building that empire. So I'm, I'm excited for you. Um, in the interest of time, I, I want to, you know, just kind of wrap this up a little bit, but I wanted to bring up, cause I always ask my guests what they're, you know, do they have a quote? Do they have a mantra? And you spoke to this earlier, but I love it. And I wanted to share um, the mantra that you, that you messaged me about. And you said, your mantra was don't limit your challenges challenge your limits like just tell me about that real quickly like how that has meaning for you um yeah so it's it's all about breaking the barrier in your mind uh that has limitations to it and recognizing that you should you can do anything that you want to do and i've been listening a lot and, and had read his book recently uh, of David Goggins. I know he's very popular in the fitness industry right now amongst a lot of people. And um, he, he talks a lot about, um, uh, he uses the analogy of a car and, and the governor on the car. So there's this governor on the car uh, for speed. And, you know, once you start getting to around 90, 100 miles per hour, car may start to shake a bit or start start to show lack of performance because there's this limitation that's put into the car to keep you from going a certain you know going over a certain speed and for a lot of us we're not even getting close to that governor we're not even challenging the limitation that uh we actually maybe even have if there is any depending on what we're talking about uh, within reason and of science. I'm not telling you to jump out of a plane without parachutes. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's about um, challenging what you think are limitations. When you say that you can't do something or when you get a thought that you can't do something or somebody tells you that you can't do something, well, go out and try it and see if you actually maybe can't or if it's, or if it's, uh, or you realize that you actually can and you prove it to yourself. The amazing experience of actually overcoming a challenge that you didn't think you could do before, what that does for your mentality is amazing because it's, oh, I can do this. And then it creates a new standard. All right, well, I just you know ran a mile a day for a week. Can I try 1.5 miles a day for, for a week? Can I make it two miles, et cetera? Can I run a marathon? Can I train for a marathon? Can I do an Ironman? And it's not to say that everyone's goal should be, you know, that extreme to want to do an Ironman, but I'm sure we all have something Ironman related in our minds of what we may want to try to do. And we've just dismissed it because we think it's a limitation that we can't overcome. So for me, it's all about challenging those limitations and believing in what I can do and actually pushing myself to trying it. Um, and that's what that quote means to me. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, the only limits you have are the ones that you believe. So it's uh, that it speaks volumes and I can attest to that in my own personal life. And man, I wish that you were in the West Coast because, you know, having you in our gym would be so phenomenal. <laughs> I know I would definitely get to more of the goals that I probably, um, you know, that I would like to set for myself and getting back into the sport of weightlifting. But I do follow you on Instagram and actually I've, I've all, I've shared your handle with even people like my son who, you know, again, he's into weightlifting and training and stuff. So I'm always like, you gotta watch this guy. He's doing some good stuff out there. But uh, I know that's one, one aspect of the things that you do enjoy. So Mike, how can um, our listeners find you and follow you and learn more about all the awesome things that you're doing? Sure. So uh, if you go to my website, it's grindovermatter.net, and that's G-R-I-N-D-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R.net. Uh, 
And um, on Facebook, at uh, if you type in and search Grind Movement, you can find uh, our Facebook page. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Grind underscore over underscore matter um, on Instagram. And then I have my my fitness Instagram, which is Mike Free Fit. So that's pretty easy to find. Um, yeah, and that's where you can find all the content uh, that I that I share. I have a blog. I have a podcast as well that you mentioned earlier. And then um, the online coaching business. Um, and I do personal training so you can, uh, find what I do in, in all those platforms. That's awesome. And both virtually and if you're in the Hartford, Connecticut area, so <laughs> have people come and find you in person too. So man, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing all of this incredible wealth of insights and perspectives and stories. Um, just such an incredible pleasure for having you on my show, Mike. Thank you so much. Thanks, Robin, for having me. This was an awesome experience. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? We'll probably come back to some of those other topics, which will be super fun. Um, in the meantime, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have a moment, please share this with somebody that you know is going to want some of this great content. Subscribe, and with love and laughter, have an awesome day.